Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great big beautiful town bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building and most people can find us easily by um, just looking right across from Winkies or we're kitty corner from Sendix. We also can service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you'd like to know more, you can go to ellenbecker.com. My guest today is Ruth Jokum, and she is with North Star College Consulting, helping students to navigate the path to college. And I was so excited to have um, Ruth come on and talk today because one of the things that we talk to our clients about and also our grandparents about is college, college funding. And uh, since I've got three kids that are college age, grandchildren, not kids, oh boy, <laughs> grandchildren, uh, seem to be in, in the thick of it and recognizing that each child is different. And some of the things that I'm starting to see with my clients as their children are going into college is just the um, kind of like where to and what and how much to spend and how much to allocate to college. But then we're also seeing kids coming out of college and having jobs and careers that they're really not happy with, having huge amount of debts, um, grandparents who are trying to in some way maybe help with that debt. And it just seems like there's just an array of confusion around what to do. And it's hard to know where do you start thinking about it. So we've got all these kids graduating this year, going on to college. We have kids going from high school, from grade school into high school and thinking about college. And is college the only avenue? Are there other avenues? And, and how do you know? So when I had an opportunity a few months ago to talk to Ruth and we got onto this topic, I said, boy, this would be a really good radio show just to maybe um, help calm some of the fears about am I making the right decision or the wrong decision. So Ruth, welcome to Money Sense. Thank you. And Great to be here. It is such an important um, service that, that you provide. And I guess if we can just start talking about the whole idea when I grew up right here in Milwaukee at Nicolay High School, it was like, you have to go to college, you have to go to college, and you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, an Indian chief. And I can remember thinking, well, my dad didn't go to college, but he was an entrepreneur. And But my dad said, well, you have to go to college. I mean, there were so many different things and so many different messages. And the world has changed, and everyone who comes out with a college degree doesn't have the job they want and has a lot of debt and sometimes can't even um, afford to live with the income that is generated by that job. So can you put some clarity around all this? (laughs) That is true. No, everything that you said is true. And I think uh, when we were younger, the expectation was – for, for most of us, um, you know, you were on the college track. And um, I think part of what impelled me, compelled me to, to enter this profession, um, you know, I have a marketing background, so I understand a bit about branding and, 
you know, finding your personal story or finding the company's story. But but when it came to college students, I found that there was sort of a lack of intention. And I felt that going to college. I mean, you, you just sort of entered zombie-like. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, yes, you were there for intellectual discovery, hopefully, and also for a fun time. But, you know, you also found that you were just pedaling ever faster and you didn't really have the time to think. And so what I try to do up front with families and students is to create intention. And I know you do that in your financial planning practice as well, is what is the why? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, And if we can get closer to answering that and helping the individual feel that they are a part of that process and they're not just being swept away on some sort of current, then I think it gives them a sense of control and, and it really adds value to the process. Well, I was just listening to an interview recently where they said that kids that are having stress in their lives and are stressing really can't think and can't learn very well. And I think that college can provide a lot of stress for kids when they're there and there's such um, there's so much um, focus put on grades and all those different things. How I mean, how does a kid get through all that? I mean, well, let's even back up before college. In high school, this is happening. I mean, there are toxic levels of anxiety and fear and insecurity and um, and isolation even. Um, and certainly at college, too. I mean, freshman year has always been a time that's difficult for some students. But... Um, but college freshmen, you know, there's there have been studies over the years, and the levels have never been higher of of these kinds of things. So what I try to do is anticipate and know that that may happen and get kids thinking earlier in high school, why am I going to college? What do I want to get out of it? And how can I, you know, create value for myself? And those might seem like pretty philosophical um, questions to be asking kids who are just trying to get through the next exam or take their standardized test. But um, I think it's reassuring to them as well. And so it's a process. It's a process of trust between me and the student um, and the family, of course. But um, and and, uh, letting them express, you know, some of those fears early on is helpful, too. And, and just exuding confidence and letting them know that they're not alone. Well, so often these it's the first time these kids have actually left home right, and been on their own. So there's a lot of pressure and stress that isn't even related to school. That is true. And, and it's helpful up front to visit college campuses if it's possible so that they get an idea if they know somebody staying on a college campus. Um, but certainly, there are all those other ancillary factors. And it's so individual. You know, mm-hmm. some students um, say that they're ready to go and they want to go as far away as possible. And then the time gets closer, you know, the time frame <laughs> shortens, and then, it, oh, I'm not quite so sure. And so that's why it's really important to have options. Um, and to also, you know, take the mindset. This is what I try to to encourage families to do from the get-go, is instead of being a supplicant, like, oh, which colleges will take me? Am I good enough, you know, to fit in? Really flip that paradigm and say, what do I want? Um, Be intentional. Um, You know, a return on a college investment, which is something that families with good reason ask about, um, and certainly when it comes to paying 
you know, my fees as well. Um, what, what does return mean? Does return mean, well, I'm just going to sail through and get good grades? Or does return mean I am going to be a happy, emotionally adjusted individual um, with, you know, common values? You know, Ruth, so often I've talked to the kids, they'll say, well, I want to do that job because I can make a lot of money. And money sort of, that's the job that I want to get. And yet I can tell you so many people that I sit down with that are in their 60s or so, and they're thinking about retiring. And it's like, I've been doing this my whole life. I hate it. I never liked it. I did it because my dad was an attorney or my dad wasn't a doctor, or my mom, or my right. dad went to the school. My mom went to the school. Um, they went in for the wrong reasons. And most of their lives, they didn't really enjoy what they were doing. It was driven by what they could make. And I think that to this day, a lot of people look at it that way. And I've had kids come out with degrees where they're my client's children and they can't even make enough to pay off their college loans. Right. I mean, there was no thought process to what does this mean? And certainly I think we all want our kids to be financially independent, but I mean, I want my kids to be happy. I want them to be doing things where they feel valued and where they get up and they like to go to work. And they, they, I still remember my dad saying to me as a kid, um, wait till you go to work, you'll understand. You'll understand when you start working. And I'm thinking, whoa, I don't think I want to go to work. (laughs) Because it didn't sound very nice. Exactly. And you know, um, this is something, This that's a personal issue for me. Because just because you go to um, an Ivy League university, for example, uh, doesn't mean that you're going to be successful or happy or well-adjusted. I've gone from the, you know, from prior to entering this profession, wishing that every child could have the opportunity to attend, for example, an Ivy League school um, without debt, (laughs) which we're now at $35,000 per student, average debt load. 72% of students have debt. Um, I've gone from thinking, you know, of that to wishing that every student had an opportunity to get a first-rate education no matter where the school is. And, um, Admissions officers are now realizing that standard measures of admission, traditional measures, are not um, good enough anymore. They are not um, predicting the types of success that students will have in terms of staying in school. And and I want to get back to your point about what you do after school and not being happy, but it starts in college. Yes. And so these um, types of measures that schools like, and I'll just name a few, but Vanderbilt University, Trinity College, um, George Washington, they're starting to look more at soft skills. Um, Angela Duckworth is an author who's written a book about grit, and some of her research does in fact show that the more um, emotionally in tune you are, emotionally intelligent, uh, the the better character skills you have will predict, in fact, success in life. And that goes back to being intentional. And I think after you graduate, um, it is very difficult to not just sort of take the first job or do something for the money. But if you've done the upfront work, um, you, you'll you understand that that doesn't have to be You'll know your what's fate. calling you. Right. Exactly. You really will. My guest today is Ruth Jokum, and she is the um, owner and starter of uh, North Star College Consulting, and she helps students navigate 
the path to college. And I would also say that you help parents navigate because we want so much for our kids to be happy. And it's really hard to save money for college. And it's also hard to see your kids come out of school with such measurable debt that they can't buy a house or they have difficulty getting credit for a car or all of those different things. So there has to be a a balance of figuring out the path. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to try and help you figure out that path. Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Ruth Jokum. She is um, the owner of North Star College Consulting, and we had an opportunity one day to just talk about kids and school and the high costs of of um, education and health care and all of the different things that impact um, investment portfolios. And I was talking about how much and how many of my clients don't want their children to come out of of college with such great debt right now and have that burden. And she was telling me a few things and I said, oh my gosh, Ruth, this would be such a great radio show. And so here she is. Welcome to the show again, Ruth. Thank you. And I really wanted to sort of help people um, unravel this, what I consider a very complicated uh, journey through education, and we want our kids to be self-reliant, and we want them to be um, able to pay their own their own living expenses and have good jobs and be happy. And if a family is what they want, or if they want to travel, whatever it is, we want them. We want to support them on that journey, but. It's not the same for every kid. I had three kids, and every single one is different. And as a parent, it's like, well, what is the right, what is the right thing to do? And then many times you think, well, if I just get them into a school, they'll figure it out. But they often don't. No, they don't. Absolutely, you're right. And um, each student, as you said, is so different. Um, and grades, while important and and certainly helpful in the admissions process, um, are not the be-all and end-all the way they used to be. And I'll explain a little bit about that in a moment. Um, But, you know, I just, I think it's so important to keep your options open. And the best way to do that is, again, to do upfront work. And what that means in my profession is spending a lot of time with the student. Um, First, we do some assessments, which I find really helpful, not just personality. You know, a lot of people know about the Myers-Briggs or the do what you are, and those are those are helpful, um, but also learning style and, and most importantly, perhaps aptitude tests. Um, now, I'm not a trained psychologist, but I have found value. I've, I've surveyed a lot of the different assessments and found one in particular that I like a lot. And what it does is it really helps a student who might say um, be interested in architecture, but then their the test shows that their three D spatial skills might not be um, where they could be for that type of profession. But but they're really good with numbers or something. So then we can that gives us the flexibility to fine tune their college search. We might find programs where um, you know their space planning or interior planning, and um, so I would I would just say that families. Um, the internet has given us a great amount of information and contributed to some, you know, um, 
problems because there's so much information out there. But it's also given us the flexibility to adapt and fine-tune and adjust. And if parents and families keep an open mind, they can find that their students who might ordinarily have pursued a traditional path, and I'm thinking of one student of mine who, great in chemistry, loved team projects, was going to be chemical engineering all the way. She's a woman, great opportunities. But yet, through discussions, we found that, you know, she just, there wasn't that passion there. And long story short, through a lot of research and self-exploration and her aptitudes, she is going to be attending Miami University next year and working in integrative media and designing um, mobile apps, video games, et cetera. So completely different path. Took took some uh, you know, understanding on the part of the parents to realize that this was an actual career path and that, you know, she wouldn't graduate from college, you know, with a degree in, you know, playing video games. <laughs> So that's the kind of thing I love to see. Well, and sometimes it's like everything else. You don't even know what's available. Right. It takes a lot of different jobs, and it takes a lot of creativity to make this world go. And every single thing we see is attached to something or someone um, doing something. And so I think so often we just get stuck with, well, being a doctor, being an engineer, being these things. There's so many other possibilities out there that Nobody really talks to kids about. No, but again, and again, going back to um, the beauty of the internet, you know, the double-edged sword, there are things like LinkedIn um, now that have, that show figures of students in, you know, traditional majors, maybe political science or history, and then it tracks where they ended up in their jobs and work so that the savvy student can actually undertake some job shadowing or interning in those areas that they might not have thought about before just by using LinkedIn, which, by the way, every college student should have a LinkedIn account. <laughs> so, And I'm not paid by them, honestly. When you talk about um, college with kids, are they on these four-year four plans now? You hear people say that it takes six years, and um, so many of these kids end up coming home Right. I mean, how does how is what does it look like this whole college experience for kids now? Well, you're right. Um, the statistics statistics are kind of bleak. Um, only 33 percent of students at public schools graduate in four years, and only 53 percent of students graduate in four years at private schools. So that seems like a daunting yes picture, doesn't it? Um, and and even worse, 45% don't graduate at all. Um, so it's it's nothing to be taken lightly. But again, I just go back. I know I'm beating the same drum, but planning up front, just like you do with your clients. You know, you can't um, build a house without a foundation. You can't create um, a piece of fine clothing by sitting down at a sewing machine and not knowing the measurements of the individual. Without a pattern. Right, without a pattern. Thank you. So... Um, so it's really, really important to know that you're not putting your your student in a in a position that um, either they're they're at a very uh, elite university, but they're in the you know bottom eighth, and they're just struggling and pedaling to keep up. Competition, or competition, right? Um, because that's what you know. Grand grandpa went to this school, and you're going to go to this school. That's why it's really important to know. Um, you know, the, the specific um, needs of each student. And, you know, you might assume a 3.0 GPA isn't, uh, oh, my gosh, you know, the world's coming to an end in high school. I'm not going to be able to get into 
um, a great college. Well, guess what? There are lots of opportunities for not only a student to thrive and do well in colleges and be accepted, because I, I think it's sort of a mystery that most people hear about the very elite institutions, and most people don't know that 70% of colleges accept um, you know, their applicants. Mm-hmm. So the threshold isn't as high. The point is, once you're there, making sure it's the right fit, and, and also getting the aid that you might need. So if you're a 3.0 student, and this goes into your bailiwick, Karen, um, 3.0 students can get some nice merit money if they target, and by merit I mean free uh, mm-hmm. money, like scholarships and grants. They can, um, they can thrive and do well and, and get aid. What about the parent that is, um, had a student, and I see this a lot, where they've um, been conservative family, conservative kids, and now they're going off to a college and it's a party school. And um, how much of that actually affects the student and the student's learning? I mean, the actual school that they're going to um, versus... You know, you've got your big schools and your small schools. You've got your private schools. You've got your parochial schools. Um, there are so many things to look at. And I know when we were looking at um, our grandkids, they were used to going to a private parochial school, and they wanted to go to a smaller college. So how do you even start to think about size and right and all of that? Well, that's, that's another variable. And it's um, along with location, you know, I think it's one of the variables that people have preconceived notions about starting out. I find that I would say the majority of my students when I start working with them um, and knowing that the majority of my students are from Wisconsin may be helpful in this context, but they all think or many of them think they want to go to a large campus. Mm-hmm. You know, they're familiar with UW-Madison and they see the school spirit. I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of kids do. And so, again, this comes back to so that's a preconception and then location as well. And what I find is when I dig a little deeper with students and we talk about resources that are available on campuses, majors, which is a big thing. You know, students don't tend to think about majors. And yes, A lot of students, once in college, do transfer majors, but I do a lot of work up front with students, again, with their aptitudes and interests to find out the types of majors that would be, um, would target their, their, um, their passions. And so if a particular school is large but doesn't offer that, or vice versa, then, you know, it may be out of the running. Um, I'll share one story, uh, just goes to show you you don't know what you don't know (laughs) one of my students young woman um, had been to see colleges with her older sibling and had um, pretty much determined that she wanted to go to a larger school didn't didn't as much like the the smaller campus feel Um, but she was a little concerned to your point about being adrift in a large campus not having the resources that she might want And um, so everything was proceeding along, and I said, okay, you know, we're down to the final mm, maybe five months. Let's target. And I said, is there anything that you, you know, would just take off the table, wouldn't even consider? She paused a moment, and she said, well, I guess I just would never consider a college in Texas. I'd never go to school in Texas. And I looked at her, and I said, really? (laughs) Why, Why is that? And she couldn't articulate why that was. It was just a feeling. Fast forward. Five years later, she just graduated from Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas, which, you know, surprise, surprise, it it 
checked all the boxes. But without doing that upfront research and getting her feet on the ground there and meeting with the admissions officers and having a structured program of, and I work very closely with my students to do this, to reach out to admissions officers and develop that personal relationship, um, it wouldn't have happened. Yes. So those those kinds of stories just you know, make me smile. I think about that whole process of visiting campuses and do you help kids with asking the right questions? Because I know that I sit down very carefully when I'm talking to one of my clients and they're going to look at senior living or retirement communities and these are the things to look for. And the same thing when you're picking your financial advisor, you know, looking for certain things. How does a family know what to be looking for? Right. Good question. And I have lots of um, information on that for families. Um, Again, I encourage them to go beyond the usual um, tour and information session. Those are packaged for, you know, large groups. And that's great. And it's good. And I encourage all my families to do that. But then I have lists of questions that I really want them to pursue. And in particular, once they're on campus, if this is a campus that one, you know, sometimes a student will set foot on campus and will be like, no, this isn't for me. And you have to respect that. Um, other times you want them to take a little longer look, but I've had students who say, no, this isn't for me. And that's okay. I respect that. But while they're there to meet with a professor in their area of interest, to eat lunch in the cafeteria, to um, read the blogs, for example, Dartmouth has a great blog, a student blog that I encourage all you know, of my prospective applicants to read because it goes beyond the the ordinary. Um, and, and families certainly, though there are so many research tools as well that families can use. And, and that's a little bit separate than going on a campus tour and the questions they can ask. But I will say it's the student's trip. The student should be in the driver's seat. And parents, it's hard. I know. I'm <laughs> one. I had two kids who went to college. It's hard not to be that parent who asks questions on the tour because you have so many of them. But it's your child's chance to really start to launch. How important is it for the parent to go to the parent um, weekends and things like that? And when you're looking at a college and knowing that if there is financial resources to do a lot of traveling to go, because I, I, to me, it seems like that's a very important thing is to be able to participate with that child in school. It is. And some campuses are great about encouraging that. They have parent networks. They have game watching networks. They, you know, um, and you'll see that those are the campuses where the student engagement tends to be high. And one of the factors I really like families to look at, um, there's a survey called the National Survey of Student Engagement. And some of the larger ranking surveys, which we can have a separate discussion about the rankings at some point, um, but really are starting to focus on student engagement. Why? Because it's a big predictor of outcome and success um, down the road. And so look for those campuses that offer those opportunities. And yes, I encourage parents to go. <laughs> My guest today is Ruth Yoakum, and she is the president of North Star College Consulting. We're going to take a quick break, and I'd like to talk a little bit more, Ruth, about how you actually engage with that and how they can utilize your services. Also, though, I think another big um, part is just talking about some of those, um, some of the costs and how people can access. Um, help with that student and um, the whole application process is daunting and with that we'll be right back. Welcome to Money 
Sense and Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Ruth Jokum, and she is with the North Star College Consulting Firm, which is her firm, and she started that because she saw a real need um, to help young adults determine what their why was and why are they going to school and what do they hope to accomplish. And, you know, kids, and I think even adults sometimes, have trouble looking forward um, several years. But when you're thinking about college, you're really looking forward four years at least for school and then what type of a job do you have? So it's often hard to sit down and do that. And parents, I think, often start with the idea of looking at what are their kids interested in. It could be sports and they're looking for a college that they can go to that um, is in sports or they're, maybe they do want to go into medicine or whatnot. But then ultimately, Ruth, it comes down to how much can we afford? Right. And what does that financial calculator look like? And it's very hard to predict what that will look like. And I have clients that say, I want to pay for all of the school. I have some that say, well, we want them to have some sweat equity equity in it and do it. So there's a lot of different recipes to making it work. You are so right. And again, upfront planning is key. Um, some families know right off the bat that they have a fixed amount. Um, and they could know this, you know, as, as early as, you know, when they're before they walk down the aisle, they they know what they're going to invest and, and spend in a kid's education. Others are kind of like, oh, I guess it's time for college. Maybe we should start <laughs> thinking about, you know, what uh, what we're going to spend. Um, I would say you mentioned four years um, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, unfortunately, for many students, it's five and six years. And I hate to say this, but it, oftentimes that's at the public universities because maybe kids can't get the classes they want on time because they're full. Um, this happens particularly in California. We're a little more lucky here in the Midwest. Um, but... But yeah, it's it's something that requires upfront planning. And parents should also be aware that they don't just have to look at state or public schools. Nothing against them might be a perfect fit for a student. But parents should know that tuition discounting, essentially getting um, a lesser sticker price on a college than you might see at first blush, is is rampant. So... Most. Um, what does it mean? Well, most liberal arts colleges may have, like, say, a sticker price of um, sixty thousand dollars, and that might seem to a parent and to a student to just be um, onerous. There's no way they would consider it. But once a family puts together an aid package, figures out their EFC, their expected family contribution, we'll talk about this. Um, um, They'll, they can find that tuition discounting is, you know, 55% of colleges do this. So how do you garner that? How do you put yourself in a position to do that? Um, well, there, this gets rather complicated, so we don't have to go into the weeds on this, but there are two forms of financial aid. One of them is government-related, uh, and for that you fill out a form called the FAFSA, which is the Free Application for Student Aid. And then about 250, typically private, but there are about seven public universities, um, use something called the CSS profile. And that's a form, an application put forth by the college board. So um, if you're filling those forms out, um, there, are, there are ways to be smart about 
how to do it and be perfectly legal and you know <laughs> get the aid that that your student wants. That's out there. Yeah. That, that's Somebody's out there. going to get it. There's no right. reason your child shouldn't. Right. And families should know too that um, you know there are a lot of scholarships out there, and and families tend to think, oh, you know, we're going to apply for scholarships. But these national scholarships, it's more like a needle in a, in the haystack um, to apply for them. It's typically better to stay local. Um, you know, I know there's a local one, Coles Cares, you know, for service, and so families are advised to look local. Students are advised to keep their grades up, um, and we can go into more depth if you'd like about how families, particularly with this CSS profile that looks at a lot more than just um, your income, which the FAFSA tends to look mm-hmm. at uh, when it's calculating your expected family contribution, what families can do. And, and I'd be interested to hear your experience as well with families. Well, you know, it's when we look at with our clients in terms of where will that money come from, um, that's that's always the big question because so often it's coming from money that they potentially could be saving for retirement. By the time the child is out of college, they're looking into retirement. It's The child now has 50 years to save for retirement. My client now maybe has 10 or 15 or maybe 20. So it's like, where can we best take the advantage um, from those funds? And, you know, it again, it's, it's just, it's looking, we try to get them help in terms of some college funding. Sometimes what a what they will do is say, if you carry your A's, if you carry B's, I'll pay this much and you don't have to pay it back. Or they'll take out the loans and then based on how well they're doing in school, they'll pay those loans off, Right. help the student pay the loans. Because sometimes it's pretty hard to take big chunks of money out of your portfolio and pay it down in school. So we look at ways that they can maybe work together and um, and do that. But it's it's daunting. Um, it's very, it's very daunting. And this year with interest rates, these last few years, it's been easy to take some of that out on the home equity lines of credit. The market has been so good to pay off the home equity lines of credit. So there's a lot of different ways for grandparents that want to help out. And many do, you can write a check directly to the university and it's not considered a gift. Right. As part of your gifting. So, you know, there are some things, but the whole the whole thing of it is is planning, just what you said, and sitting down early and trying to determine where where that money should come from. And a lot of people have different educational accounts now too that really work well for kids. But it's it's right. all about planning and there sometimes isn't a really good answer. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just you've got to pay it, and they've got to either take loans right. or you have to come up with it. And um, Well, the so, 529 accounts, as you mentioned, are, are fabulous. Yes. Um, you mentioned the grandparents or any relative, for that matter, paying a university um, directly. Grandparents can also um, extend loans and then forgive them yes. later, uh, which is one option. Um you know, there are all, all kinds of little techniques. Now, I, I certainly am not a financial advisor. I don't typically want to wade into this territory. I will direct my clients <laughs> to the appropriate professionals. Um, but, you know, I, I will say apply early for aid. That is mm-hmm. always key because sometimes it's first come, first served. Maximize your retirement accounts. Avoid IRS rollovers in, you know, your student's mm-hmm. base year. Um, move money out of your child's name because that's considered at a higher rate. 
um, unless it's a Roth, I believe, Karen, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and that so unless it's a Roth, it might hurt the student's aid chances. Well, the student, right. you can, with a Roth, if the Roth is in the child's name, they can take that out at any time. They just have to pay tax on what's ever grown. Okay. Above and beyond what went in. And there's a five-year limit as to how long you have to have the Roth in order to um, attach that. But a parent oh. can take that money out at any time um, if they're over 59 and a half and use that. So there's lots of different avenues. It's just figuring out what you have and looking at everything. Some people use insurance. Mm -hmm. if they have cash value and insurance. So mm -hmm. there's just a lot of different ways. It's really just sitting down and finding out which is the best one for you, both um, from a taxable situation as well is where you're taking it. So money coming out in IRA is going to be a taxable event. Right. Makes right. it, or even a penalty. Right. And yeah, so it helps to know, is it, you know, do you do a Roth? Do you do an IRA? Um, know the rules for divorce and separation. You know, there are all kinds of calculations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, don't file the FAFSA on a day when the stock market is zooming up and you own <laughs> stocks. So, you know, there, there are all kinds of, of little techniques. And again, that is not the focus per se of my business. I, I focus on making sure that the child is going to thrive. My guest today is Ruth Jokum, and she is the president of North Star College Consulting, helping students um, navigate the path to college. And certainly knowing what you want to do and knowing why you want to do it is a big piece of that. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Ruth Jokum, and she is the president of North Star College Consulting. And I have, uh, we have become friends. I love to work with my friends and see um, how they really make an impact in our community, and especially with our kids. And college is such a big investment, both for the parent as well as for the student. And sometimes it's really hard to even know where to begin that conversation. Um, how does the parent have the conversation and what are some of the things that they can start communicating around in order to help them to get a better handle on what is that, what is the best avenue and direction for your child? Do you have some ideas? Yeah, I think, uh, or I don't think, I know a lot of families will tell me one of the first reasons they hire me besides my college knowledge is to serve as a buffer, frankly. Um, applying to college, the whole college search process, admissions, um, there's so many books that have been written you know, about the admissions game and families just get stressed out and it creates tension between parents and students. And as a parent myself, I know that the teen years can be, you know, fraught enough without adding college to the mix. So it's really helpful um, to have that sort of um, unbiased mediator between, between the parties. Um, and so when I first sit down with families, we meet generally as a, as a group together. I'll meet with everybody. Um, I actually like to meet with them in, in their home. Um, to start, because I think it's important to get an idea of, you know, the dynamics of the um, the place where they all live. And and then um, I will have the student and the parents each fill out um, some questionnaires, some forms. Um, we'll take a little bit of that initial meeting to meet separately. So I'll meet 
separately with the parents for maybe 10 minutes and then a longer time with the student. And if there is a fit, if we feel that this is a good situation, I don't charge for this meeting, then we move to the next step, which is to actually dig into um, the objectives, what the student and the parent want. Um, and and then I work with the student and use assessments and um and we meet on a, on a fairly regular basis. The earlier you can start, the better. It's not too early to start in eighth grade even um, because that way I can help families work with their um, students' curriculum. So if you've got somebody who wants to be an engineering student and go or go on to be a medical doctor, but the curriculum doesn't align with that in high school, that's important to know. So I look at everything from curriculum to t standardized testing. Um, we live in an area, a geographic area, that tends to value or prioritize the um, ACT. Um, sometimes, and, and actually the changes over the past few years with the SAT have made it align more closely with the ACT because the ACT was gaining in popularity. <laughs> and so the SAT literally moved down the road from the ACT, opened an office, and, and poached some of their people. <laughs> yep. And, um, and so now there is greater similarity. However, students who are more impacted by time, if they have a real, you know, issue with completing things on time, they might find that the SAT is a little more friendly. Um, some sections allow a calculator, whereas on the ACT they don't. So it's really helpful up front for students to avail themselves of free mock tests. And Khan Academy, um, which is you know started by Sal Khan a few years back and has now partnered with the College Board, provides free, um, free test prep. Um, but there are other organizations that offer free mock test prep so that you can decide after you've taken a test which one is right for you. So two, I'd like to say that not every um, tutoring method is right for every student. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're in a society, I think, where the tradition has been you go to a class, you, you know, study with a group of people, you go home, you take the test eventually six weeks later. But now online, there are not only online video-based um, tutoring um, sites that are excellent, and they particularly work well for the motivated student um, because you can you go to them on your own time, you can rewind, you can they're very very surgical in the way they figure out what you need work on, but they're also online um, interactive tutoring companies that I've had great success with with students who never thought they would enjoy that, but they find they can get up put their pajamas, you know, keep their pajamas on, have a bowl of cereal, <laughs> and literally work online with their tutor. Mm. And it's very customized. So there are all kinds of different ways. What about students that um, have learning disabilities or need extra help at school? And you talked about tutoring, but are there special things to look at and to work with a, a parent and a child that way? Or what about the child that doesn't want to go on to college or it doesn't look like they're college bound? I talked to a woman the other day and she said, I just don't know how to deal with it. All my friends' kids are going to college and my son doesn't want to go. Right. And that's where the beauty of things like... Um, gap years have come into play more recently, much more accepted than they used to be. Maybe a student just needs to grow up a little bit. Maybe they need to find themselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe the pressure of high school has been such that they need to go on um, you know, a year-long exploration of self, whether it involves service or study or travel or a combination of all three. And there are people in my profession who specialize in that, so I can certainly refer families to that. 
But then they're also, high schools increasingly um, are having vocational um, programs mm-hmm. that are becoming a part of their high school. In, in fact, um, there's an outfit here in Milwaukee called GPS Education Partners, and they've partnered with some manufacturers. And students in high school can go um, their junior and senior year and spend, spend half their school day in these environments. So I think it's becoming more accepted. And parents shouldn't worry so much um, about that. And community college is an option, too, mm-hmm. for students. How does someone get in touch with you, Ruth? So uh, I have a website, um, northstarcollegeconsulting.com. I'm on LinkedIn, and my phone is 414-807-9587. And I'm happy to provide a free consultation to families to make sure that, you know, working together would be the right fit. And your name is spelled J-O-A-C-H-I-M. Correct. So they can find you on LinkedIn. Great. And we just have um, literally about 35 seconds or so left. And I do want to say that if you've enjoyed this, you can go to ellenbecker.com and we will have this interview online so that if you want to send it to someone or you want to listen to it again, um, feel free to do that as well. And with 30 seconds, what is the biggest roadblock that you seem that you have to get over with dealing with families on the educational track? Um, I think it's not a roadblock. It's really an opportunity to share with them the options that are available these days. And in fact, there's so much, I, I really am a research nerd and I like doing a lot of research to help them pinpoint their search. So that's, you know, getting getting over an obstacle isn't as much as getting being the open to options. My guest today is Ruth Jokum, and she is um, here helping us today to understand the whole college process. You can contact her um, at her website, and you can get that at the office as well. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great weekend. Bye.